0: I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What's good, everybody? Happy Monday. All-Star Weekend's been and gone. It feels like a blink of an eye. It's like watching young children go. It goes so fast. I'm joined by a returning Mr. Tim Shields. He's come here to speak about all things All-Star all things basketball Tim's good man Tim's over at CLNS at the moment crushing it over there doing their visual productions just being an all-round basketball wealth of experience at this point what's going on my boy
1: nothing much man thank you for tacking me up
0: (laughs) I mean that's what I'm here for right I'm here to build you up
1: appreciate the love
0: (laughs) Tim with the if you're not as you're listening you can't see but Tim nodded his head as if to say well thank you very much
1: very much a visual guy.
0: <laughs> Very much of it. I mean, if you do want to watch this, uh, there'll be a clip on YouTube, so you can go and uh, see it there. What did you think of the game, Tim? I mean, we can get. Um, do you want to speak about the skills challenge? Because I don't think nobody wants to hear about the skills challenge.
1: I mean, I will say this: it's not surprising to me that Sabonis won. I I think Sabonis is an incredibly gifted player, so it wasn't surprising. I, I thought it was interesting that it came between him and uh, Nikola Vucevic, just because. Those are two big men, and it's surprising that you think like that's where the league's gone at this point, where you've got bigs who can handle the ball so well and do all of those little things, including shoot threes.
0: It's crazy, right? Like I remember having a discussion with somebody. I think it was on Instagram. So take from that what you will. But I was <laughs> having a de- <laughs> I was having a discussion with somebody on Instagram, and they were like, "Um, Christian Thompson should be a four because a five needs to um, protect the rim." And block shots and rebound and a four needs to just be physical. I was like maybe fifteen years ago, maybe, but now like your bigs are so multi multifaceted and so able to initiate plays, throw those cross court passes, hit um, long freeze, operate as an elbow hub. That um, they're so dynamic now that I don't even think Tristan Thompson should be at the five at this point because I just think that there's a lot of bigs that came into the league during the traditional big, like the end of the traditional big era that nowadays wouldn't have found longevity in the league. So when you see guys like Sabonis and Jokic, like on the skills challenge, crushing it as well, like not even just holding their own, like literally crushing it, that speaks more to the growth of the game and the growth of that five and four position than it does for them as individuals who are phenomenally good basketball players.
1: Yeah, I think the league demands more out of their big men these days. And as you said, I mean, like, there's a different kind of class of bigs. You know, there's a standard of being able to stretch the floor, being able to hit threes, being able to pass the ball. Passing is, like, a very much underrated aspect. It's why guys, like, even if you look at, you know, Nikola Djokic, like, the way his career has kind of developed into him being able to get, like, a triple-double just on his incredible passing, the way he's able to pitch it up the court. Um it's just bro cute. there's
0: gonna be give it 10 years and they're gonna remix that jack um what's his name jack harlow they're gonna remix that song and it'll be i can pass that like Jokic. <laughs> telling you dude i love that song by the way i just wanted to talk about that song to be quite honest
1: yeah my big song.
0: Of it. <laughs> Yeah, big song good song big up the, big up the song um jokes aside yeah so look the skills challenge is what it is it's the worst part of all-star weekend so we've gave it precisely two minutes. That's enough. We move on. <laughs> uh, Three-point contest. There's two Celtics participating. Um, Jalen Brown just could not find his rhythm. He saved it all for when he was feeling like Steph Curry in the All-Star game. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, you know, you, you're up against Steph. Everybody's shooting for second at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, he also, when he got into it too, he kind of was trying to get into a rhythm. And I think he, like, started late. He's like, oh, I didn't hear him say go. And so he kind of got off a little bit wonky. I think part of it was probably jitters. I mean, it was the first time we saw Jalen and Jason in the three-point contest. Jalen in front of his home crowd of Atlanta. So obviously there's probably a lot of emotions going on there. But all in all, it was cool to just have two Celtics in the competition. And like you said, no one was going to beat Steph Curry. Are you kidding me? I think he came out the first time. I think he went up and dropped 30. It was something crazy like that. Just Steph was feeling
0: it. Steph was feeling it all night. Uh, Whether it's the three point contest, whether it's the the All Star game. I mean, I want to talk about those exploits in a moment. Like, the guy's just too good. Like, he's historically great. It's ridiculous how good he is. Um, So, when you see, like, Jason Tatum does really well in the first round and then Steph goes and just decimates all, I do not blame Tatum for being a little bit more like, I'm just going to shoot now. I'm not really going to try as hard. Like you could see it. he was still trying. There was a rhythm there. I felt like there was a bit of a hitch in his release um, at points. But if you ain't winning, Ricky Bobby says if you ain't first you're last. So if you're not gonna, if you're not going to win, you might as well get an early sit down and save your uh, energy to try and try and be the best at the All-Star game, which is a very hard thing to do within itself.
1: It was interesting too to see how They've got all of these guys brought in, and there's a lot of youth. The fact that they just kind of subbed Mike Conley in there was a really interesting choice. And the way that it happened, especially now looking at the whole situation with Dean Simmons, it was kind of just like haphazardly throwing him in there. It, it, did you hear the story about that, how they reached out to Mike? He like literally was ignoring the call from the league until I think his, his dad ended up calling him telling him to pick up the phone. I think he was in Ohio or something like that. And so they dragged him out to go to the All-Star game. And it was just like, they're just seven people in at this point. They just need bodies.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? Like, look, I completely understand the discussion around should there have been an All-Star game. I think there was value in just naming guys all-stars, right? Like, you can be an all-star but not participate in an all-star weekend. You still earn that right. And by being named an all-star, if you have any clauses in your contract that trigger um, incremental growth like Jalen Browns did, like a couple of other guys would have done, then by all means, having that all-star recognition is incredibly important because you have money tied to that doesn't mean it needs to take place i'm of the belief that this was a real fun break and in a world that's been very decimated and starved of like any release at the moment like the regular season is the regular season right so we're all invested in the teams that we follow we're all invested in the players that we want to perform well but with that comes its own level of stresses right depending on how invested you are in the sport how invested you are in the team sometimes the regular season can be more stressful than than no basketball at all. Like, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, there's nights where I'm up till 3 a.m. to watch a loss, and I'm like, what? and I'm furious because I'm like, it's 3 a.m. I've got to be up in three hours, and they lost. You know, it's part and parcel. So when you get these games where there's just no defense and it's all fun, like, I enjoyed it, and I thought the three-point contest was um, a great show of strength from Steph. That was just, he was just flexing on guys. He wasn't even trying, did
1: it's effortless from him. And I think it was a good point that you said when talking about how the all-star game itself kind of just felt like a release. And uh, it was interesting hearing Jason Tatum talking in his post game interview saying, you know, this is a, I had a lot more fun than I expected. And I think a lot of guys probably had more fun than they expected. You know, it was interesting to have a game where there really, as you said, no ramifications, it was just a matter of going out there, having fun, shooting the ball and just having a good time because oftentimes, yeah, the regular season is a grind. And I think, You know, there was that that stretch of games, you know, a few weeks back where it was really difficult to watch the Celtics struggle. It was really difficult to be invested in a team that was, you know, kicking themselves while they were down, you know, shooting themselves in the foot. And it's nice to be able to say they brought in a nice little win streak going into the all-star game. And all of that feels good. And it's hard for me to complain about anything. You know, like people were complaining about the dunk contest. They're complaining about the quality of the dunk contest, and like you realize that there may not have been a dunk contest, there may not have been any kind of all star game. So just take what it is, man. It's it's found money at this point. So it's, it's an all star game in the middle of a pandemic. Like, lighten up,
0: <laughs> and to be fair, like the dunk contest is, I get it. People are like, Oh, it. I understand why people find it boring because dunks are, tend to be very much, once you've seen it, you've seen it, right? So when guys are jumping over people, this was awesome 10 years ago when the athleticism of players kind of took that step up and everybody was like, hey, I can jump over a car. Well, I can jump over a seven foot dude. Well, I want to jump over 30 people and then dunk it while landing in the Atlantic Ocean. You know, how far can these guys go before you hit your limits? And I saw a tweet today, and I can't remember who it was from. It was from an NBA player, and he was saying, look, nobody understands that the one dunk that happened, the guy put it through the leg that he launched off the ground with, and he was like, looking at that, you just see a behind the leg, through the leg dunk. You don't realize that you're doing that from the same leg that's generated all the momentum and all the power to propel you into the air, and it's a lot more difficult than what it seems and i completely get that and the technical aspect of what these guys do is phenomenal it's it blows my mind sometimes like this guy literally got his chin above the rim and i'm really happy when i can actually grab the rim because i'm old and my hops have gone but you, the the display of athleticism is so far behind what most of us can comprehend that me personally as, as an individual. I'll watch it just because regardless of whether or not I deem it boring, it's still a show of like ridiculous um, dedication and physical attributes that most people just will never achieve at that level.
1: <laughs> I said that dude. I was on a stream after cause I, I opened up a top shot pack and I was talking to Jack about it where you had people talking about it. And I'm like, I'm a six foot tall white guy with little to no athleticism in terms of being able to get up that high. So the fact that people were like, okay, yeah, this dunk was kind of lame-looking. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, he still jumped, like, what, six, seven, eight, nine, ten feet in the air? Like, there are guys who are just able to do that effortlessly. The fact that Anthony Simons almost kissed the rim last night was crazy. The fact that he was able to get his mouth up at rim level, insane. Insane.
0: The fact that there was no Javante Green in the dunk contest, like, completely and utterly, utterly befuddled me. I'm mean, like, this guy would have jumped and gone through the hoop with the ball. You know what I mean? You remember the Space Jam, Michael Jordan goes down the golf ball hole, goes down the golf hole, and he's, like, sucked in, and he turns into jelly as he goes through. That would have been Javante Green's dunk. It would have been a <laughs> revert, you know, a whole new type of reverse dunk. Like, um, so, you know, you you don't want it to be boring. Get someone like Javante Green in there. The But, you know, I get it. There's going to be guys that have declined the invite because they don't want to put their families at risk and... It, it's tough. But as an overall spectacle, I thought the dunk contest went quite swimmingly.
1: Yeah, I think overall it was more than I expected. Like I said, my my bar was pretty low, but overall, I mean you had only three contestants. I, I know a lot of people were kinda upset that Cassius Stanley didn't end up taking it. But you know, you had three guys who went out there. Obi Toppin is a very interesting guy, especially with the Knicks playing it the, the way that they're playing. He's an interesting rookie. So I'll, t- I'll take it. it. It was interesting. It wasn't it wasn't the Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine kind of d- dunk off, but it- considering everything else, I always love the dunk competition. It's if you my-
0: want to make it more fun, then um, I've seen a few people discuss this now. Get your three or four best dunkers from the NBA. pit them against three or four of the YouTube's best dunkers and do Team MVAV, Team YouTube, and let these guys really go at it with guys that th- their entire job is to dunk a ball. And you know, make it put a bit of competition in there outside of the usual NBA fraternity, and put a bit of pride behind these performances. And I think we'd start seeing some ridiculous stuff.
1: I think horse um, dunk, horse
0: dunk. Yeah, dude, I want to see someone. Basically, what I want to see is I want to see someone do a backflip into a dunk. That's what I want to see. I want to see them jump over somebody, land, backflip into the air, and then dunk. And if, if putting them against YouTubers is the way that I'm going to get to see this amazing stuff, then this is what we need to do, right? I mean, you, you want to like marvel the world, put an elephant on the court and jump over the elephant and dunk? Like, does way like I want to see this really obscure stuff? And, uh, it's never going to happen, but just for a bit of fun, like uh, you know, that's what the All Star Weekend's meant to be, right? It's something that you can look to and dream about one day partaking or look back on and feel a little bit of regret that you never got there, depending on who you are, but it's meant to be fun. So if it's fun, I'm going to start coming up with obscurities to
1: spice it up. (laughs) I think they got, I think that like they kept that format from last year. And I thought that was a good idea. It kept it really intense and competitive in the actual game itself. Giannis of course broke like multiple records. Uh, First player in NBA history to shoot hundred percent on 10 or more attempts from the field. And he becomes one of three players in NBA history to have uh, Defensive Player of the Year, an MVP award, as well as an All-Star Game MVP award, joining Michael Jordan and Kevin Garnett. So very elite company for Giannis. And his postgame interview was pretty funny. He seemed super psyched to be there. And just having his son there as well was a big thing for him. So it, it's pretty cool to be able to see these players enjoy it. Because I, I think ultimately a lot of fans were like, this is putting players at risk. This, this is unnecessary. But it, at least as some players are having fun and they're enjoying themselves. Like that's really all that matters because it's, it's what they want to do.
0: The bank is open again. That was what he said. The bank extended hours. <laughs> there was extended hours.
1: Three for three from three, man. That's scary.
0: Man, I'm telling you, man. We've all been saying when Giannis figures out how to score from three, it's going to be a problem. Dude, and these, this it. was luck. There was no defense. Let's be real. Let's be like. Let's keep it a book right now. A lot of these shots don't happen in the regular season because there is defense. It's that simple. Do you see a hand in the face in the all-star? Yeah. hands. In. That's not going to put an NBA player off his game. You know what I mean? There was no hard closeouts. There was no secondary rotations. It's fun. So seeing Giannis go hundred percent, while it's amazing, you've got to understand that it's just for fun, right? These guys are there to show why they're the best of the best of the best. And, uh, when that happens, you get Steph Curry and Dame going bomb for bomb from the halfway line, which is just ridiculous. You see Jalen Brown try and pull up from the halfway line. I was so hyped when I saw him take pull up for that shot. Like I'm like, get, it, make it, do it yes oh man
1: <laughs> that corner fader was nice though he had no like, like, dude down and he like spun around and just sh- right over randall
0: the and angle like, though
1: bro like how tough that
0: angle is to get that shot off
1: and it was clean and, uh, it didn't bounce yeah. around at all <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure it caught glass on the way through i think it caught some glass if you yeah. re-watch it yeah I, i'm I, i've got a feeling that it hit glass and that, I mean, that takes nothing away from it. The fact that, you, hit that fact shot, that you, hit it you know what I well. mean? But I'm pretty sure I saw it and thought, I'm sure that's like literally skimmed across the glass in. I'm going to rewatch it in case I'm wrong. But the, just the, the body control to get that shot off, dude, was just ridiculous. Jalen Brown was just like, nah, man. Tatum got ahead of me in the, the three-point shot um, competition. Tatum's got more points than me. I ain't having it. I'm in Atlanta watch me do my thing. And uh he took over for a hot sec. He done well, man. I mean, he had a couple, there's a couple of possessions where I thought that he was trying to be a little bit more than what he is, you know, where he's trying to size guys up off the dribble. But um overall, I thought he had a good game and it was fun to see him play.
1: Yeah. And it definitely is cool to see a guy who's from that hometown playing there. I think that's always cool to see you guys kind of have that, you know, the prodigal son returns, and especially for Atlanta. It's very significant for him and everything that he did earlier on last year. Um, Thinking about everything with those protests and him going there and leading those charges, you know he's a voice for social change, and it's cool to see him recognized both on and off the court for that. You know he he's having conversations with LeBron James on the bench. LeBron James is talking about saying, you know, he's underappreciated, not for what he does on the court, but off of it, and that's significant because I think a guy like Jalen Brown is gonna be one of those faces of the league going forward, not just because of his play on the court, but for off of it, that's really where he's going to earn his money because he's such an intellectual forward thinking. And I I think that's significant. And that's a guy that you want in the locker room, you know?
0: I'm talking to LeBron, asking him question after question. I'm probably being a little bit annoying. But i'm just trying to get
1: <laughs> he's just trying to take in information he wants to learn something and i yeah. think that's pretty cool man He's he's saying steph gave him flack he took that shot from the half yeah. He was like he's like oh no, no 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 i like that i like that
0: <laughs> <laughs> i thought i was you for a hot minute no <laughs> i'm telling you like um i agree i think that he's going to be one of the more uh, vocal leaders for the nba i also think that he's probably the right guy to take up the president of the mbpa once chris paul moves that steps down i think that jalen Brown's going to be one of the main names in the running and i can see him being that president of that mbpa before his career is over i think that that's um a foregone conclusion that he will spend time in that role uh, i also think he's one of the best guys to put in that role to be quite honest with you um just super like you said super well educated super well spoken and his electric dude, I want to see Jalen Brown in the dunk contest. Never, I want to just see Jalen Brown, Javante Green, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine. Um, who else has got ridiculous bounce that I'm thinking of right now? I want to see Zion, uh, who just could not buy a dunk in that first quarter. That was of that game. Rough. He
1: could not get any of those oops. I don't know if it was just him not getting enough speed up, but he wasn't getting those. If we're talking about oops, though, I have to say that pass between CP3 and Curry. That that alley oop was crazy. The fact that you had Curry, CP three, and Dame Lillard on the same team was just absurd. You and saw then straight after that straight,
0: yeah. after that, straight uh, after that, CP three to Curry. Curry went to CP three on the exact same play. Like, dude, throwing <laughs> alley oops from God to God should not happen. Like, <laughs> I they're didn't not big even...
1: either, man. They're like both like around six feet, just barely. They're like smaller the than me,
0: dude. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I need to. I need to figure this out. Bear with me. Because I, I can't get up. CP3 like is like that. Foot
1: one. I know that much.
0: So I'm bigger than C3P. Yeah. Uh, Steph Curry, height in feet. six three. So Steph Curry is my height. So, um, and I can't get up to the rim. Not anymore. <laughs> um, I think I've probably dunked like four times in my entire life. More than I have. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was playing. I was like, you know like uh, i was playing organized ball i was meant to be able to dunk i just could never really do it it was like if the wind was blowing in the perfect direction at the perfect time through the air vents of the gym and it was a very springy board i might be able to do it in transition generally but like um he got off dude i mean he hung on that rim as well he's like throwing himself around he's chilling just like yep this is me Like, uh, dude, man, it was fun. And then JT, I thought JT was good. I really liked seeing JT play with Bill. I know that was a big thing for JT personally. Um, Obviously, not from a a quote-unquote tampering uh, perspective. Like, I understand Bill doesn't want... Yeah, but like, (laughs) from the fact that, you know, this is a guy that Tatum idolized and now he's playing on the same All-Star team as him, I know that must have meant something to him as a person. So uh, I was really happy to see that. Uh, I like the fact that at the end of the game, Deuce was clapping for Giannis. Did you see that? You know, little Deuce just dabbing up everybody, man. He's living the life. Um, he's got big.
1: That kid's growing big. big <laughs> he's dude. He's seriously tall. He's like fully grown. People are like, he looks like he's in like fourth grade. <laughs> so
0: here's something that made me feel old. There was um, an older Smoke podcast earlier today. I think it dropped yesterday uh, with Zach Levine, and Zach Levine's talking about. I remember when I was three or four, no, five or six years old. And Kobe was in his like third or fourth year in the league. I'm like, you were five or six when Kobe, like, that made me feel old because I was like, I was a teenager when Kobe came
1: into the league.
0: You know what I mean? Like, the, some of these guys that are on the floor now were in kindergarten when we were like graduating high school, dude.
1: It's crazy. And it puts a perspective on things where it's like, you're covering players now who are. You know, like, oh, yeah, like, he's a kid. And, like, I can actually say he's a kid now because I've got at least, like, six, seven, eight years on this guy. <laughs> and it's kind of crazy perspective of how it just... Bro, changed.
0: the guys coming into the league now I'm, are, like, 10 years younger than me. More than that? No. They're, like, 14 years younger than me. So not only are they more wealthy than me, more successful than me, they've got youth too. I'm like, why do I why do I um, spend all this time covering you guys? Made me feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now nah, it's, <laughs> it's like, geez, like all you guys are young and athletic and rich, and I'm um, not. Nah, like, <laughs> but like, it's, yeah, we're going down the self-deprecating route now. This is not a therapy podcast, everybody. We promise.
1: Take a big breath, everyone will be all right. You, you have value.
0: <laughs> Jokes aside, though, I mean, we're just—I mean, if you guys haven't noticed by now, we are just literally. The All-Star Weekend was fun, so we're just having some fun with this show too. There's not really much information for you to take from this, just our observations. Um, and that's why it's going to be kept at like a 30-minute show. So you've got us for another five, six minutes. Bear with us,
1: bear with us,
0: please. What else did you say? I mean, I also like the fact that Donovan Mitchell was on the team with, was he with Tatum as well, or was he with Brown? I can't remember now. Uh,
1: he, I think he was with Tatum. Yeah, that's I think good.
0: Keep him away good. from Jalen Brown because sometimes you see Donovan Mitchell when you don't want to see Donovan Mitchell.
1: <laughs> they showed he popped up in his uh Jalen's post game, they were like both looking up at the camera and stuff. They definitely got like a love relationship, like they like messing with each other. I, I think uh Tatum and Mitchell have like their own handshake, they had like some kind of crazy handshake going on. They're only two to have it. So, it's hey, as much as we joke about like oh, like eh, tampering and everything, but. Well, watching the way that there's a relationship between Beal and Tatum and Donovan Mitchell and Brown and Tatum, it's cool to see young guys have that. It's been a long time since we've kind of seen that for Boston as well. Having those young guys as part of your core and having that kind of respect, that energy, that camaraderie with other guys in the league, you know, they're definitely earning their praise and earning their stripes.
0: So the thing is, like most of these guys come up together through like high school, through top 100 camps, Nike summits. You know, they play against each other in Division 1 when they go to college for however long they're there, one, two, three years. So these guys, it's not like they've just come to the league and got to know each other. They've probably been going up against each other and since they were like 13, 14 years old, if not younger. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you, um, you listen to it like lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts like uh, All The Smoke and things like that where there's or and, um, Old Man and Free the where there's always a player on there and they're talking about coming up and they're always like, I've known Player X since we were kids because we went to all the same hoops camps, or the same summits. You know, we were playing in uh, similar AAU leagues and stuff. So these guys aren't just friends now. They've been friends. They've been boys for a long time. So now that they're playing in the league, obviously there's going to be a moment in time where they're like, man, we've always been against each other like since we were kids. Imagine what it would be like if we played on the same team. And this is how you end up with the, the KD, Durant, Harden, and now Blake Griffin team that Oh, it's man. just insane. I mean, that to be honest with you, I'm no more scared of Houston, Houston. I'm no more scared of Brooklyn now than I was before they got Griffin because he ain't adding no defense. All he's doing is playing as a connector on the high post with some nice passing and the occasional three. I'm not scared. I'm scared uh, of the other three guys. Not yeah,
1: sad. I was gonna say. I think. I think if you're adding him to that equation, I think that's where you kind of get worried. I think Harden's gonna screw you up. Just because you look at how he balled out too, he had a couple really really nice looks in the All Star game. Both. Yeah, he
0: had a couple of plays where I was like, "Are you gonna pass,
1: dude?" <laughs> like, you just
0: isoing. This is the All Star game. You don't ISO in the All Star game. Oh, he's been
1: passing plenty now. So far, for yeah, Brooklyn, it he yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think Gr- Griffin doesn't scare me as much as he used to. I obviously I wonder how much he was mailing it in with the Pistons, or how much he actually has left of I team. just
0: don't think the athleticism's there anymore.
1: He hasn't dunked in, like, two years now. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I just, I just don't think that, you know, your rim-protecting ability, in part, is due to your athleticism. Not just to get up on contest shots, but to be, able to, pre, to be able to rotate over from the weak side quickly and vertically and effectively without fouling. I just don't think his defensive presence is there. Um, I think that his best attribute now is his passing. And I could see them using him as, like, a, a high elbow hub. So from there, like, I can see them using him as a connector on offense. When most of your team are isolation scorers and you've already got, you've already taught James Harden into being more pass minded how much more do you need, Blake? I could see him coming off the bench and tying things together, though.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people think that he might take some minutes away from Nick's, Nick Claxton, so I think that's probably a concern if you're a Brooklyn fan. But I don't want to digress from Brooklyn because, I, like you said, I'm not too much worried about Blake Griffin uh, coming in and messing up the equation. I was already more concerned about Brooklyn before when they got James Harden.
0: I genuinely think you could plug me into Brooklyn right now, and I'm their second best defender.
1: <laughs> I genuinely. do wonder what the uh, what the move is for the Celtics, though. You know, obviously with the deadline coming up, in you know, about two two or so weeks, it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, obviously you saw Vucevic, you know, playing in the All Star game. That's a name that got mentioned as a potential target. So, I mean, it'll be worth monitoring. I think. You know, you Yeah, for to sure. I mean, this.
0: generally, I'm kind of like, no, I don't want to talk trades. All I've done recently is talk <laughs> trades because it's, you know, you can't, you can't hide from it. This is what it is. This is where the interest is at the moment because usually a trade is very much a hypothetical. Imagine if they did this and then they did this and then we got this. Now it's not hypothetical. It's not only a necessity, but it's also like you went to all this work to acquire a TPE. Now you cannot let this expire. You have to use this. Whether you use a portion of it now and the rest later, or a big portion now and the small a smaller bit later, however you want to split this up, do not let this expire. And so it becomes inevitable at that point. It, the TPE is like Thanos. It's inevitable. And we need <laughs> it to bring balance to the team.
1: Yeah, I think there's got to be a move to bring some, some level of stability and also just balancing out the roster in terms of where you need depth you need somebody who can play the three and the four, someone who can slide in at the four spot. That way you can actually have your best lineup. I think you are you need to stray away from the double bigs. So, you know, I, I think there just needs to be someone like Harrison Barnes brought into the equation. I love the idea of bringing in Barnes.
0: So I've got a podcast coming out later this week. I'm not going to ruin the idea of it, but somebody mentioned to me on that one, uh, Larry Nance, and he's a name I hadn't considered.
1: I do like Larry Nance as well. He's having a career season this season. Yeah.
0: And he brings size. Yeah, you 30 percent three this year. So that was another name that I heard. And I was like, that's not one I'd heard before now. um, But it's definitely one I want to consider moving forward. So I've added him to my uh, to watch list. Um, Other than that, really, I mean, I've kind of said this previously on this show. I caught a lot of heat when I was saying Lonzo Ball. Nobody wanted to listen. Everyone called me crazy. Now everybody's calling for Lonzo Ball. Please. You know, I'm not asking for your adulation. I'm just asking for some recognition.
1: Now you're sounding like Thanos. <laughs> they called <laughs> me madman,
0: <laughs> They did though, right?
1: <laughs> Dude, I, I also like Lonzo Ball. I think his ability on defense, his three ball, he's been shooting really hot from deep lately, especially. And his ability to just create for others in terms of just his pure passing ability. You know, I think that's big. That would help a team like the Celtics for sure.
0: Outside name that um, nobody speaks of because it's almost impossible. Um, I'm not sure what his value is. So this is just like a, an ideal for me, um, which will never happen. Please don't think I'm saying it will, but i really like Draymond.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. I, I think... I, I... Mm.
0: Go on. I'd, no, re- continue. Just... I'd really like Draymond Green.
1: I like Draymond Green too. I mean, the idea that Draymond gets brought into the situation and the fact of matter is, is he's just a defensive stalwart. You could plug him in at the four spot. The idea that he can come in with that championship pedigree is something that you need from a Celtics perspective. He brings defense that a lot of teams covet, right? So he is one of those guys that just ties your team together. The one thing that would probably make Golden State want to move on from him is just the, the fact of the matter is is they're getting older. You know, you've got Klay Thompson trying to come back from those injuries to both of his knees and just having that be a weight and burden on the team Trying to figure out how they're going to get healthy, how they're going to move on. You know, you still have Steph Curry playing amazing ball, but there might be need to be some changes. And if you can go ahead and get something for the Celtics in terms of not just the TPE, but if you're throwing in other talent, if you're throwing in picks, you know, th- this is an opportunity for Golden State to try and draft somebody that can come in and build around. Is Mond Green worth his contract right now? Uh, I don't know if that's really a conversation you want to try and broach especially when you think about the cost of that uh, in terms of what he's getting paid. But I I think if you're looking at it from a Celtics perspective, you know, you're, you're adding in somebody who's going to be able to be a defensive piece uh, similar to Marcus smart. He's going to be able to play the four. He's not going to have any issue trying to defer. I think it's a big thing that you look for in any of the guys you're trying to target, you know, a, a player that has played with superstar level talent before. So playing with Steph Curry, playing with Kevin Durant, playing with Clay Thompson, being able to defer to those kind of guys, um, that is an important caveat when trying to get a trade target because ultimately you do not want another Gordon Hayward situation, right? You don't want to be bringing in a guy who's you know, not going to fit with your system. I'll just drop something. All good. I, I, I was saying, you know, I, I think if you're going to go ahead and add in a guy like Draymond, it, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, you, you want someone who's played with superstar talent before. Yeah, it's
0: not just that for me. It's the ability to be a glue guy. It's the ability to be a connector. And I also think that defensively, he will hold people accountable more than what anybody else is. And if you can find a way of putting a package together that doesn't include Marcus Smart, then now all of a sudden you have one of the best defensive starting, uh, one of the best defensive teams in the league for as long as you keep that core together. Especially if like christian Thompson figures it out, and you've got Christian But I'd, ideally, I'd want a floor spacing five next to Draymond. Instead, and it's just a name that I'm throwing out there, one that I don't believe will ever happen. Um, it's just a name that if, if it was on my wish list, he'd be one of the higher names up on that wish
1: list. I'm just looking at his contract now just to confirm because you know he can slide into that TPE no problem. And, yeah, I, one the, the
0: package and I just don't think, um, I don't know whether he'd fit very well with the schema. I just think that j- as an overall vocal leader and a high IQ guy, high basketball IQ guy, I think he'd fit great. I just don't see. It ever happening. It was just a name I just wanted to throw out there randomly.
1: No, I like it. I mean, I like the idea of getting him. I think he, like you said, I think being able to fit, being a veteran, having the championship pedigree, um, I think that's important. I think that's important if you're trying to win the championship and if you're trying to maximize the window that you have left with Kemba Walker and if you're trying to capitalize on the play of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as of right now.
0: So that pretty much wraps us up for today. I mean... um we didn't really give you any information. It was more just a bit of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did, because we enjoyed it, right, Tim?
1: Yeah, it's been a oh,
0: long it's awesome. time hot minute. Um, I'll be back on Wednesday. Um, guys, if you're listening today, make sure to download the Locker Room app and come and join me for a live mailbag at 4 p.m. Eastern today. Uh, if you can't, as long as the audio comes across this time and there isn't no issues like there was last week, then I will release that as a podcast on Wednesday. Got a special podcast dropping on Thursday. I might switch those around, so you might get the mail back on Thursday and the special on Wednesday. Uh, depends how much editing I need to do on this special. And then I'll be back on Friday like normal. So, you know, busy week. Lots of basketball content for a week where there's not much basketball. Everybody stay safe. Tim, as always, man, thank you for joining us. If you don't know where to find Tim, Tim's about to tell you where to find him.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Tim Shields NBA. And uh, you can also find me on Substack, Uh, Tim Shields. It's going to be the Clover Disclosure and uh, running that a little bit with Adam.
0: Okay, guys, so thank you for listening. As usual, please leave that five-star written review. If you don't want to write anything or leave a review, please consider telling your Celtics friends and family as they might like this show too. Um, We're lugging really good growth at the moment. I want to keep that going. Uh, I thank everybody that's a regular listener too. Um, Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't choosing to listen to us. Have a safe day. Have a safe Tuesday. You'll hear from me again on Wednesday.
1: Peace. Cheers.